Hello world! As a result of the conflict between Hamas and Israel, a cyber war has begun in the Middle East. Over the past week, hacktivist groups around the world have taken sides and launched a whole array of operations. To start with, the pro-Palestine group Anon Ghost hacked an app that many Israelis used to provide real-time alerts for Hamas rocket fire into civilian areas. Anon Ghost discovered an API vulnerability in the app, which they exploited to send false rocket alerts with customized messages, some of which actually warned of incoming nuclear bombs. The group published proof-of-concept Python code, making it easy for their legion of followers to join in and send false alerts to the app's 100,000 plus users. Following the mayhem, the app was taken off the Play Store. The Russian hacktivist collective Kilnet, which spawned following Russia's invasion of Ukraine, blamed the government of Israel for the recent bloodshed, pointing out that in 2022, Israel betrayed Russia by supporting Ukraine, which seems to be the main reason for them pledging their support to the Palestinians and unleashing DDoS attacks against various Israeli government websites. The hacktivist group Anonymous Sudan took a similar stance, attacking the website of the Jerusalem Post, claiming that they had deleted all of their articles. Though this seems to have just been a DDoS attack, as 24 hours later it was all back up. However, in a potentially much more dangerous operation, Anonymous Sudan teamed up with a group called SiegeSec to launch attacks on Israeli industrial control systems. These things are typically used in manufacturing plants, power stations, and water treatment facilities, so messing with them is a lot more dangerous than just DDoSing some government website. In particular, Anonymous Sudan claims to have targeted GPS systems, building automation and control networks, which governs things like air conditioning, lighting, and access to electronic door locks, and they targeted Modbus industrial control systems, which are often used to monitor sensors in factories and control equipment. However, it's unclear to what extent these attacks were successful, if at all, and what kinds of facilities were even targeted. In other news, a newly spawned group, Cyber Avengers, claims to have hacked Israel's second largest power station, Dorad. They released a bunch of internal documents, including schematics, but there's no indication that they have the ability to mess with the power station's operation. However, the group also claims to have hacked Israel's national water company, and released a video proving that they have access to the CCTV systems of Israel's water infrastructure, with the title An Eye for an Eye, a reference to Israel's siege on Gaza, which has included shutting off their water supply. The video ends with the words, the worst is yet to come. Now, in normal times, a hack of CCTV systems isn't really a big deal, but in the context of a war, CCTV access would obviously be incredibly useful to an adversary if they were planning on attacking the facility. Whilst most of the hacktivist groups involved in the conflict have taken the Palestinian side, some have sided with the Israelis. The Indian Cyber Force is one of those. These guys recently made headlines for DDoSing Canadian military websites following the fallout between Canada and India over the alleged assassination of a political dissident on Canadian soil. But the Indian Cyber Force has since pivoted to supporting Israel, and claims to have DDoSed the official Hamas website, as well as several other Palestinian government services. A different hacktivist group, going by ThreatSec, attacked a Palestinian ISP, claiming to have shut down literally every server owned by Alphanet, one of the biggest ISPs in the Gaza Strip. This was quite a surprise, because the group has previously allied themselves with hacktivists known to be anti-Israel and pro-Palestine, and so ThreatSec received quite a backlash from their followers, forcing them to clarify their position, saying that they actually dislike both parties in the war, so as a result they're now targeting both Gaza and Israel. 
Just a few days before the conflict in the Middle East kicked off, the Red Cross published eight rules for civilian hackers during war. This was a kind of open letter to hacktivists worldwide, an attempt to bridge the divide between hacktivists on all sides and set down some basic ground rules that hopefully everyone can agree on. And spoiler alert, this didn't get a good reaction. But before we get to that, the eight rules were pretty much as you'd expect. In a nutshell, they prohibit directly targeting civilian or humanitarian systems, or conduct attacks which might have an impact on those systems. But the Red Cross quickly found out that hacktivists don't like being told what to do, with a representative of Killnet saying, why should I listen to the Red Cross? Anonymous Sudan said the new rules were not viable and that breaking them for the group's cause is unavoidable. And a pro-Ukrainian group Hydro's response was to hack the Red Cross itself, defacing the website of the Russian branch, claiming that the Red Cross doesn't follow their own rules. This seems to be in reference to the Red Cross's apparent involvement in the controversial transfer of Ukrainian children to Belarus. However, the only hacktivist group I could find which publicly welcomes the rules was the IT Army of Ukraine. So that's what's been going on in the hacktivist world so far. If you want to stay up to date with future developments, make sure to hit that bell icon, and I'll see you in the next video. Have a good one.